I will introduce us and we'll get started, okay? Yep. All right. Hello and welcome to Right in the Fields, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and weaponizes it so you cry, but then you still keep listening because you're sad but thoughtful. I don't know quite how it works, but you keep listening. My name is Terry Smith, and with me today I have a special guest, Dave. Hi, I'm the special guest. <laughs> Dave's hosted a couple different podcasts on the network. If you've heard, if you've listened, if you don't know, normally Chelsea hosts the show with me, but today she's off. So I have Dave in here, and of course we could talk about you know something special that we've seen. We could talk about some spooky stuff. It's November. We could talk about like Charlie Brown Thanksgiving or some shit, but we're not going to do that. No, today we're going to talk about what we've been watching, but also something special, something that Chelsea couldn't handle. Today we're going to talk about Power Rangers. It's the only show that matters, in all honesty. It's more of a time. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was telling a, a quick anecdote to my, my wife earlier today, and she said, you need to tell us on the podcast because, number one, I think this is super lame, which means your audience will probably super enjoy it, which I don't know what that says about all of us. Um, but when, when me and you went and seen Eternals this weekend, uh, there was a couple of times where they posed all in very colorful suits and looked almost directly at the camera. And normally I would lean over and say something funny to you so I don't ruin anybody else's experience, but I couldn't help myself and i yelled it's morphin time and i <laughs> didn't realize how yell how loud i yelled it until when i looked at you you laughed and the people next to us looked at me very sternly <laughs> uh hopefully i didn't ruin that moment for them that was weird though like, like just as a movie experience because like the it was imax and i i don't know about you but to me it felt like the speakers were turned way too up yeah no the mix was a little bit weird uh, on like like the dolby of this whole thing like I, I not that it was bad or that i couldn't hear anything but the effects were way louder than the voices that were happening yeah. so like the music would kick in and be like duh, 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 duh. like i would hear the power rangers be about to drop i feel like because i couldn't hear the dialogue so my brain just reverts to being six again yeah you know what it reminded me of the most honestly was like watching a old like action movie with my dad on his poorly mixed surround sound <laughs> Really just his home speaker setup plugged into the TV. He he plugged in. It wasn't 7.1 or anything like that. It was just several speakers still set up at stereo. Yes. <laughs> I remember so, that. So you get, you get the dialogue audio that is like minimal at best. Like you can maybe hear a whisper. And then you get the action movie like sound effects, which are giant explosions, which will blow your fucking windows out. Listen, that's how you need to watch El Dorado. Not the not the the search for the Golden City, no, like the the Western. <laughs> like that's how you need to watch that, okay? Uh, the the only way to experience John Wayne is in very poor stereo. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're not wrong. Listen, and same thing with like I I've watched a couple of westerns recently in uh, like full HD because they had them on a couple different platforms. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen a lot of these in a while. I'm going to load up. What's the one? Uh, it was a remake of a movie he already did, but they did it with um, Dean Martin. Do you know what I'm talking about? Rio Bravo? Rio Bravo. I love Rio Bravo, but I like that version. <laughs> like the worst version with Dean Martin. <laughs> um, I, I love that movie so much. I mean, partly is because I love... Um, uh, what was the... What was the Mel Brooks send-up of Rio Bravo? Oh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. I mean, it was a send-up of a lot of different Western movies, but I always think of Rio Bravo because they had Gene Wilder as the drunken guy. 
Yeah. Um, but it's probably because I grew up loving Blazing Saddles so much that I love Rio Bravo still. But I watched that in 4K, and man, is that a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> like do not watch those old movies in 4k like you can see like the set design which is kind of neat as like a movie nerd but also just like really pulls you out of any sort of like narrative <laughs> like when you can oh, see like john wayne like actually like actively limping not just doing his little john wayne gaunt like like he can't move through this scene <laughs> you can see like how drunk dean martin is <laughs> I mean, we all knew. Right, of course. Like That's why he played the role so well. Um, it's the same thing. That I watched the, the Buffy Blu-rays recently, and, like, that was a mistake. Like, you could see, like, people, like, extras in the background just, like, on their break. Like, and you could see, like, the camera um, operator and the boom mic. And, like, well, why am I doing this? <laughs> this should only be watched in 3-4 aspect ratio. Mistakes were made. So, so I want to take a minute and just put a spotlight for the listeners and ourselves mostly ourselves on just how insane we are because we started this episode intending to talk specifically about power rangers and somehow we ended up at rio fucking bravo do you not listen to this podcast this is what so i recently we hit the the forty thousand mark on the network which is great that's split apart like across several different podcasts but still it's it's a huge thing i'm super grateful to everybody who listens but i don't know why <laughs> like we have a, like we have another show on the network called the slovenly trolls they do super thoughtful research into D&D &D and with the, this feminist bent and they, they look at it with this super like clerical lens and critique it and they, they cite their sources I understand why people listen to that yeah, I listen to them <laughs> exactly and then I look at our show right in the fields and me and Chelsea just talking about Kevin Bacon for an hour and a half um, which by the way I want to announce we have a new show coming to Patreon exclusively if you support us over there at the $3 mark or above you can go listen to our exclusive Bacon show the Oracles of Bacon and uh, where we rewatch his entire um, IMDB you know list like we watch all of his movies his entire filmography as they call it um, but like that's what this show is like don't even feel bad we t go on some crazy tangents it's what happens with two people who with ADHD try to talk about pop culture and specifically the nostalgia aspect of it like we just it's like it's like if you read a sandman con and like he like fades through time and space like that's what happens to us yeah you know suddenly you're making a lot of sense <laughs> whenever i this moment though it, right right just for just for now if you can if you can observe it's like uh you read like slaughterhouse five like the aliens and that like the way that they look at like they can see through the fourth dimension and see like you know time how it is all timey-wimey doctor who style like that is us on this podcast so, so it, it takes two eyes to see in three dimensions so does it take three eyes to see in four dimensions of course actually i'm trying to remember they do have some weird aspect of their biology in slaughterhouse so um i really wish more people would re read that shit but like you can't name a book slaughterhouse five and expect people to go oh it's about aliens <laughs> yeah that was not what i thought when i heard you say slaughterhouse five you never you never read any uh kurt vonnegut or anything um not not slaughterhouse five nope 
so I know you like Neil Gaiman. I know you like Terry Pratchett stuff. I, I highly recommend Kurt Vonnegut. I wouldn't say it's the American version by any means, but like it's not, it's closer to those two than like Douglas Adams, like when it comes to the cheek, but it is still very thoughtful and very fun and I highly recommend it. Um, but anyways, let's get off the douche port and I'll, I'll recommend some TV shows and cartoons instead of books. You know, you got to open up and read. God forbid. Um, important shit i want to see lights and all sorts of action right in front of my face i don't want to think about it exactly speaking of lights and action in front of your face let's talk about power rangers debuting in 1993 the year we were born the mighty morphin power rangers hit the scene it's almost like it was meant to be or something it was meant to be and honestly i have not been the same since which is like you, you i can hear you dear listeners you're saying well of course terry that was when you were born how could you have been different before then i just imagined my life on a completely different like trajectory if i had not seen power rangers at such a young age like i'm pretty sure i came out of the womb with with the power rangers morpher like that's just how it worked uh i don't have any memories prior to power rangers like there's nothing in my brain they're like oh this is the first time i saw power rangers it's just been ubiquitous in my life i've always known the the, the like the the theme song and and the the sparks flying everywhere and the weird mashup of japanese footage versus like 90s cameras that's always been my life and i don't remember a moment before it i have no memory of which series i i saw first because they were just all on tv <laughs> um them. like like they had power rangers generations where they would just play a random fucking episode from whatever series they had at the time and honestly that was actually way later on we were like six and a half and that was like right around 1998 1999 so if you don't know power rangers like we said debuted in 1993 power rangers it was fox kids it was live action which was a thing they didn't have a lot of back then for kids programming at least in the action genre right um, you would have some drama, you had things like Degrassi, you had, you know, some sitcoms, but you did not have an action-oriented show at the time, what they would call, uh, like, boys programming, which is bullshit, um, but, like, that's what they would call it, so, like, you would watch something like Spider-Man or Batman the Animated Series, and then right next to it, Power Rangers, and that was a novelty at the time, and what they did, you you had, um, Haim Saban, Shuki Levy, and they were like, hey, we love this Super Sentai show from Japan, if you're a fan of nostalgia stuff, you probably know I'm not going to go into a deep dive of that because we do not have the time. But basically, it was this this genre called tokusatsu, which just means special effects. It was just kids programming with special effects, and they would transform or morph, as we call it here. They would do their, their henshin ability and transform into superheroes, like we have with ours. You know, Superman running into the phone booth and transforming, but theirs just looked way cooler. <laughs> And there would be big special effects. Eventually, they would add giant robots. And Haim Saban was like, hey, we could turn this into a cartoon here in America if we just take their footage that already exists there and we shoot new American footage with actors here speaking English, dub over the fight scenes and like move around some of the storylines that would cost like half of what it would take to create it here for real and we could make twice as much money and that's exactly what happened and a dynasty was born yeah a dynasty that stan lee passed on yeah and well he didn't pass on it that's not actually the story so a little trivia for you like he tried 
the the person that he pitched to actually i can't remember her name at, at the the studios at the time actually she was kind of lower level she thought it was a good idea but she couldn't get it passed through she became an executive for fox kids and that's why it came through so easily the second time around when Haim saban had the same idea basically yeah and she was like i wanted it before but now i'm in the power to say yes this time so like it, it really was serendipitous um if, again, if you don't know, five teenagers with attitude are gifted Power Ranger Morphers to transform into superheroes by an alien from another planet named Zordon of Eltar. And uh, then they wear the bright, flashy costumes, and then they fight the big bad guys. And when it gets too tough, they morph. And then if it gets even tougher, they call their Megazords, which are giant robots, which that's really what this needed, right? You hear in the pitch, like, okay, teenage superheroes. That's cool. Terry, what else do you have for me? Well, they had giant robots that could combine into an even larger giant robot. So there's just nothing better than this, right? Yeah. And you know, they had the ability to use a giant robot whenever they wanted, but you know, those kids, they never escalated the combat. It was always enemies go first. I, as a kid, even, I, I took umbrage with that. So one of the rules, so they can fit into a TV format, you know, formulaic, as well as like a reason to show off all the cool things, is the kids weren't allowed to escalate the combat. So when the bad guy, Rita Repulsa, Lord Zed, would throw down their little, you know, pin, you know the, their peons, their little minions, which were usually putties, which were these weird clay... Like, they were actors in spandex with a gray face on, but they were meant to be made out of putty, if you will. Uh, they would send them down. They would fight them in their normal civilian, you know, just we know martial arts very well for teenagers for some reason. And then then the real monster would show up and they'd morph. And then it was time to escalate it. So they're in their superhero costumes and then they defeat it there. And if it kept coming back, even after their super finishing abilities, when they would combine all their weapons, then they would call their zords. And as the monsters grew to be gigantic. And that was almost every single episode. Yeah. And the amount of property damage that happened because of that was astronomical. <laughs> like, at least, like, when you watch, like, a, like if you watch Marathon, any of the Godzilla movies, if they fall into a series, which if you don't know, like, sure, a lot of those are canon to each other, but some are actually part of, like, trilogies and stuff. So they'll reference the last movie pretty heavily. They'll say things like, oh, we rebuilt the city from the last time Ghidorah attacked or whatever. Power Rangers never does that shit. No. <laughs> Angel Grove, which is the city in California just is perpetually attacked by monsters every week and every week it's fine they don't lead them out of the city they're not like superman they're not like taking doomsday's fight out to the no man lands no that's not what they do they're fighting him downtown he's stepping on gigantic like buildings and ruining the tram for everybody it's okay it's fine california can fund it Oddly enough, when they're in the giant robots and they destroy, like, skyscrapers all the time, but, like, when they're out as normal humans, you know, dressed in, in their civvy clothes, you never see a whole lot of skyscrapers. <laughs> so, like, where, where's the city center that they keep fighting at that they're never actually going to? Because it's, like, it's shot in, like, northern or southern California. <laughs> so, like, they, like the, it, the, the best part, so if we get to the next part, so obviously they, they were superheroes, but then they were, you know, teenagers still. They had high school. They had drama. They had dances, they had boyfriends, they had girlfriends, they had shakes. And the Shake Shack was one of the best places, it's not what it was called, it was Ernie's Juice Bar, but you get what I'm going for. That was also simultaneously
basically like a youth like gym slash hangout spot slash YMCA thing. Yeah. Ernie really is the, the best of us. He's just giving back to these kids. I never saw anybody charged for anything there either. Um, but like they would just hang out there and then they would go to the command center or the school. They didn't really walk around the streets a lot until several seasons in. Which, speaking of seasons, do you know how many seasons of Power Rangers there are? Uh, total? Like, currently right now? Yes. Um, I want to say... I'll let I'm you take say, a guess. I'm going to say 32. I believe there are 28. Ooh, I was close. You are very close. Now, it might be higher. This might be a little outdated, actually. Um, let's see, what is the 29th? Yep, yeah, they just they were just trying to announce... Um, uh, yeah, so it's 28 right now. Um, it's hard. Like, whenever you Google anything about Power Rangers, you got to be careful because there's several different canons, which we'll get into in a little bit. It's honestly, it, it it's similar to something like Power Rangers, or to Power Rangers, similar to something like Marvel, right? Where there's a multiverse, there's different universes of Power Rangers, and after a little while, it's no longer serialized. They're canon to each other through, you know, tenuous beats, but for the most part, they're in their own little separate areas of canon, and they all cross over and it gets fucking crazy and after a little while they stopped like carrying over the same actors so it's different actors different sets different powers and it's really hard to keep track of and especially if you're not talking about the comics which we'll get to it's all you know targeted at kids this is a kid's show so like the storylines don't necessarily make sense or add up so if you're trying to make sense of it all it's it's a difficult thing to do. I, I've tried. I've sat down with my wife a few times to explain Power Rangers lore to her, and she she do, is not convinced I'm not making it up. You know, Let's until my son it. comes up and parrots the exact same thing because he loves Power Rangers as well. If, if you're trying to make sense of a show like Power Rangers, you you just be an insane person, right? No no real rational minded person would ever do that, right? Not a rational person, but definitely people like me definitely try every day. <laughs> We're not insane. <laughs> Um, the funny thing is, though, my, like my wife watches Sailor Moon. She loves it. She watches it with my with our daughter. She also loves it. Um, my son is starting to get into it, too. And she sees no like like issue talking about like the different storylines of Sailor Moon, which let me remind people or, you know, tell them if they don't know the canon of Sailor Moon is there's a girl named Usagi who gets powers from an entity that, and it represents the moon and she fights bad guys. That makes sense, right? And then eventually other people get similar powers and become additional sailor scouts that are represented and powered by other planets and other moons. Okay, I'm with you so far, right? But then they send back another sailor scout from like the 30th century who is wow. Sailor Moon's future daughter... And she comes back in time to live with them. It's like, okay, so it's her from the future. That's fine. But she has a very complicated relationship because she she knows that those are her parents, but they don't know that they're her parents. But she's also not completely sure they're her parents. So she has a crush on her future dad. Mm. As she learns all this and they don't know. So future her, you know, from the past, it doesn't make any sense. But my wife has no issues with that she's like no that all makes sense i can follow all that but i start talking about zordon of eltar and the morphin grid and she's like i'm lost i don't know none of this makes sense they're teenagers with attitude that seems like a bad idea for superheroes like well, listen yes but every goddamn every goddamn superhero is a teenager with attitude look at spider-man 
Look at Invincible. Yeah, I love Invincible. Um, and also, like, I guess Spider-Man and Invincible, neither one of them have that much attitude. Like, they're pretty well-rounded individuals. Uh, <laughs> All things considered, they're pretty well-adjusted. Right. But, like you said, 28 seasons, I, only a few of them are actually, like, carried over. Like, I think there's something like 20, 22 different themes that, like, they like they transformed into. Only a few seasons actually had sequels of each other. Yeah. Um, and it gets crazy. More recently, um, they, they started launching these comic book lines which are again as most comic books are weirdly enough as i grew up watching you know reading comic books that were targeted for kids they're not really anymore and they kind of super weren't at the time but there were some like you read sonic you read archie you know stuff like that the power rangers comic books are not targeted towards children like at all <laughs> they're targeted for adults who watch power rangers as a kid and they're really good comic books which is something i stress to people all the time like I, i've talked to a few of our friends who are like oh you know like i watched power rangers as a kid and i rec recommend the comic book they're like well i didn't keep following it and i don't really like i can't watch a kid's show anymore and i was like oh, it's not at all <laughs> like it's the dream come true they make these for adults and it's not super gritty it's not like people are getting stabbed and people are having sex it's nothing like that it's just updated writing they're writing for an adult audience so the storylines make more sense they're not wrapped up in 30 minutes um they're not as convoluted and they also make a lot of sense of the canon so in the show monsters every week fight you know you know they they target angel grove this city in <laughs> in california for basically no reason but in the comic book the power rangers are a global force because they can teleport which they could do in the show but instead of just teleporting to downtown los angeles basically they get teleported to france and fight bad guys there and then there'll be a kaiju in japan and then there's something that'll be happening in the middle of the ocean and they they're a, they're a whole global unit and it makes way more sense and it's just little things like that that carry over they're like oh hey like it doesn't take too much to make this something that adults could enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. And like, like the, the weird thing about that is like, yeah. So the hero can like teleport and go wherever the fuck they need to, to fight the enemy. So why doesn't the enemy attack all these other places? Well, it's like right there, the, the hero can teleport. It's like, no matter where you go, they're going to be there. So why don't you just attack where they are already? Yeah, and that kind of makes sense, and they get into that too, because in the show, the Power Rangers are supposed to keep their identity a secret. Uh, for what reason? I don't know. <laughs> like, because secret identities are fun. Like, the villains already knew way before anyone else. Exactly, and like, Lord Zed, he is the thing, he was an American creation, he wasn't part of Super Sentai, when he shows up to replace Rita Repulsa, the witch who would yell, make my monsters grow, like, every week, when he showed up, he was super menacing, not only because he he is the most terrifying design I've ever seen that's targeted towards children. Um, he was just a skeleton with no skill. Well, he wasn't a skeleton. He was a man who had a silver skeletal structure over his flayed skin. Yeah. He, and he, he carried a giant muscle, boa snake. Man with metallic pieces here and there. Exactly. And, and rubber tubing. And rubber tubing. Yeah. Well, like, what's going on? Yeah. And he would create monsters based off what the Power Rangers were experiencing. So Rita would have her her boy Finster just make a crazy monster out of clay, put it in a machine. Now, now she's got a monster. Lord Zed would go, oh, Kimberly bought a new purse and that's what you're fighting this week. Like, and it was as a kid, like, that's just terrifying. <laughs> it's like anything oh, they're into. 
that thing you really enjoy, I'm going to make it try to eat you. Exactly. This is not what you have to fight. I, I just, I love that whole aspect of it. Um, that, that new taxi that you're riding in, you're not getting out. <laughs> so, Dave, I don't know how much you've listened to this show since you listened to the other shows on the network, you monster. Um, what we do here is we talk about our touchstones for the show usually first. Um, obviously, we're about a half an hour in, so it can't be first, but earlier on so uh by the way before we jump into the next segment i should mention that this podcast is brought to you by growing up the only comic that you can buy directly from can't be killed creations uh i'll get to that in a minute and slovenly trolls which we've talked about a couple different times you're gonna get a really dope ad and they'll explain it much better to us hi my name is terry smith you might know me as one of the hosts of Right in the Fields, or perhaps if you've heard some of the crossover content with the Slovenly Trolls. But I also write comic books for Can'tBeKilledCreations.com, and we have our first full-size comic book coming out called Growing Up. Getting older is exciting, moving on to bigger and better things, but what happens to the childish things left behind? Moving on is hard, but that's growing up. From neon-colored folders to action figures to trading cards, Growing Up shows the final moments of the doomed worlds our toys and childhood machinations inhabit before they are thrown away as we grow up. Available on Amazon and Comixology. Hi, I'm Charday. And I'm Lissa. And together we're... The Slovenly Trolls. We're not your average D&D podcast. We do monthly deep dives on topics like D&D art, the early years of TSR hobbies, and rhetoric. All with cited sources. Think of it like a feminist critique of D&D. Or don't. We're not your moms. Or are we? Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at Slovenly Trolls. Tune in on the first of every month for new episodes. See you there. And don't forget the number one rule of D&D. Don't be a dick. Anyways, back to the show. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about our touchstones. We, we mentioned that we don't really have memories before Power Rangers. What's your earliest memory for Power Rangers? Oh, shit. Um, earliest memory. It's all kind of a blurry haze. I'd have to say probably. Oh, you know what? It's It's got to be. The most iconic memory I have from Power Rangers is this, like, Lord Zed's Halloween VHS tape that had a collection of, like, three or four different episodes where Lord Zed's monsters attacked the Rangers, and they were all vaguely Halloween-themed. There was this one that was, like, an eyeball dude. There was one that literally ate the Power Rangers and terrified the fuck out of me as a kid. Um, there was... There was a wrapping jack-o'-lantern, which was not that scary, honestly, <laughs> but it was a pumpkin, so, you know... There's your theme, but but I, I think that was probably it. Would be my 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 biggest touchstone with Power Rangers. So the Halloween episode is legendary for so many different reasons. I could throw so much different trivia at you, but I'm just gonna jump into some of like the earlier things. So Zed's Monster Mash and Lord Zed's Monster Heads. This, those are the two episodes that you were talking about. Those are from season two. Notable for several reasons. Um, some of the coolest monster designs you see in the entire series, um, as well as bringing back some monsters they already defeated, which wasn't something that they would do often. If you weren't part of Rita's crew or Lord Zed's crew, you didn't really come back, right? And Monster Mash and, and uh, Lord Zed's whatever, um, like having them come back that was a big deal. So Monster Mash and Monster Heads was, you know, 
kind of a neat episode thing. The other thing it's notable for is it's mostly a Tommy solo episode, which at the time was really dope because Tommy had just come back to the show. He was the Green Ranger originally. Now he has the new White Ranger powers. And as a kid, newer is always better, right? So you're like, oh my God, this is so cool. We just get the White Ranger for 30 minutes. This is neat. However, more notable for background stuff, these episodes feature the backs of the heads of a lot of Power Rangers. Do you know why, Dave? Uh, is that because they were uh, fired? Yeah, they were in the process of being fired slash walking off. So if you don't know, earlier on in, in Power Rangers history, these kids that signed up mostly were kids that either had gymnastics experience or martial arts experience. They weren't necessarily actors. They hadn't been in a lot of things. And Jason, the the um, you know the Red Power Ranger... Um, uh, Red Power Ranger. Let me look up his name real quick uh, because it doesn't matter. Jason Lee Scott was the character's um, name, but Austin St. John was who played him originally. He was one of the best martial artists. He got all these really cool set pieces. And as they brought in Tommy, who became like a fan favorite, who was only supposed to stick around, Tommy kind of took, you know, played by um, Jason David Frank, kind of took some of the spotlight. And the producers saw that as, well, hey, if you're complaining about money, Austin St. John, as well as uh, um, uh, Trini Kwan and uh, Zach Taylor's characters. I'm trying to remember the actor's name who played Trini Kwan. Do you remember? Uh, uh, Ty Trang and Zach Taylor was played by these are the Yellow Rangers and Black Rangers, uh, respectively. Walter Emanuel Jones. Um they were all kind of complaining like, Hey, we're like the main characters. We're getting a second season. We didn't know how big of a hit this is going to be. This place has been gigantic. Everybody knows power Rangers. Everyone's got power Rangers toys. We're like national icons now. Like we should get paid better. And they were like, yeah, see ya. <laughs> we'll just give all the roles to new people. And that's what they did. So it, because it was so fast, they shot the backs of the heads and used dubbed audio from earlier episodes specifically for this two episode arc leading up to the power transfer. And one of those episodes to suffer because those actors weren't around were the Halloween episodes and the Halloween episodes. We don't remember them doing that because they were so cool because they pulled out all the stops. Um, they brought back the fan favorite monsters that were Halloween based. They made new sets for it. They put Tommy forefront because we all enjoyed Tommy as kids. And you know what the other Power Rangers were doing during this time? They were babysitting. They were watching kids at the at the gymnasium to keep them safe from the monsters attacking. Really? Really. And then Tommy was kidnapped and gone to the other dimension so they could just focus there and not have to even excuse it because we're just we're on along for the ride. Um, but it's so funny that it's such an iconic episode because this is too one of my earliest memories is the season two episode. We would have been maybe two years old, maybe three at the most. Um <laughs> I probably broke that VHS tape by playing it so much. Of course, of course. I would rent it from the local IGA, which also rented uh, movies at the time. And, uh, <laughs> which if you don't know, it's a grocery store. Um, and I would watch the shit out of it. And that's one of my earlier episodes, as well as the um, Pudgy Pig episode, uh, where the, uh, this pig Roman centa centaurian looking guy uh, devours the Power Rangers' powers and their weapons, and they have to feed him spicy foods from the local um, uh, 
this is like ethnic food drive type thing. So they're feeding him like spicy radishes and stuff that white people can't handle to the pig to get him to spit up their weapons. Oh, farm to table. <laughs> Those are like my earliest touchstones, but I never, I never stopped watching since then until I was almost, I would say 12, 13. I watched every single season religiously. All the spinoffs, we're talking Masked Rider, we're talking Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, Big Bad Beetleborgs, uh, Beetleborgs Metallics, because if you don't know, they got two seasons and they changed the subtitle. Um, I loved all of it. Tokusatsu has been part of my life ever since, and then falling in love with Super Sentai and B-Fighters and Metal Fighters. Uh, there's no Japanese version of... Uh, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog. That was a purely Western creation. Um, but you get the idea. <laughs> uh, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog is one of my favorite things that exists because if you don't know, if you didn't watch it happen, it sounds like a fever dream. That they're like, hey, because it was, right? Like the idea was, hey, why don't we create our own thing? No more Super Sentai footage. What if we made our own show with no footage, no suits from them, no monster design? What if we purely made it ourselves? Um, but they couldn't afford to do it, right? That's why they did Super Sentai. So they went to New Zealand, which became the basically the love child. Like that's where they made all of the Power Rangers series after that. Um, let's go to New Zealand and we'll shoot all new footage we'll make a, a, a purely original creation we'll base it around arthurian myth and fantasy and dragons and magic and we'll shoot actors there and they'll have their own transformation sequences and i loved it as a kid i thought that was so cool like there's no robots there's no giant there's there there's no giant monsters necessarily this is purely fantasy the swords and the stone there's magic there's wizards this is dope and they were still Power Rangers, right? They would still transform into knights with cool armor. It was yeah, awesome. It was, it was very much in the vein of, like, Hercules or Xena, but, like, way more, like, Power Ranger-fied for kids. Exactly, because they still had that henchman sequence. So if you don't know, around that same time, Young Hercules was, was coming around, which Hercules w was a big deal at the time. And Young Hercules, starring a young Ryan Gosling, did gangbusters, actually, for the network. So, hey, let's let's do this in, in New Zealand as well, which I love Young Hercules. The show still stands up to me, and, as well as um, the Hercules from the Sci-Fi Channel or wherever it initially aired. I watched it on Sci-Fi. Um, and Xena, Warrior Princess, of course. Um, but <laughs> so I haven't thought about young Hercules in a while. Um, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog was like, Hey, let's do all of this stuff. The kids will love it. And the kids, well, they did <laughs> like the ratings were not nearly as good. It was extremely more expensive. They did try to back it. They had four different toy lines. Um, so if you don't know, Power Rangers mostly were the six inch toys and occasionally they would do the 10 inch action figures that were a little bit bigger as well as the Zords, right? Like the giant robots that were usually 10 inch scale, but the six inch action figures were the mainstay for Power Rangers. Um, well, Mystic Knights were like, well, fuck it. We'll do six inch. We'll do eight inch. We'll do 10 inch. We'll do little 3.5, like GI Joe style. We'll do like gigantic, like the, the wrestling buddies that were like, <laughs> like pillows that were almost like foot tall. And 
Yeah, and they, like they pushed it hard. They even had a McDonald's line, which even Power Rangers didn't always have a McDonald's line. Beetleborgs was the same way. Like they pushed the McDonald's line really heavy to try to launch it, um, and it just did not take off. It was not a ratings uh, boon. None of the spinoffs for Power Rangers, with the exception of the first season of Beetleborgs, which did very well ratings wise, none of them took off like Power Rangers. Which also like you had VR Troopers, which was almost a progenitor. Like that was right around the same time as Power. Rangers, but it was in production beforehand. Um, I, the only reason I know about VR Troopers is because my dad went to like a flea market and bought a board game that had a VHS tape you had to play along with it that was VR Troopers and it had like 3D glasses. Like I would love to do an episode on VHS board games because man, that was a weird thing that existed in the 90s. And I understood nothing about it. We never actually played it like it was meant to be. But I just like, I had VR Trooper stuff and I was like, I'm kind of like a Power Ranger. This is kind of It's like almost Power Rangers. Rangers. It's almost Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically just wear the glasses, run around like, you know, I'm a VR Trooper. <laughs> Listen, if you weren't going to get beat up on the playground for saying you were a Power Ranger, you were definitely going to get beat up because even the Power Ranger kids were like, fuck VR Troopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but I, I I loved the the interconnectedness of all. So, like, Masked Rider was one of the few that actually had a backdoor pilot, right? So, Masked Rider, if you don't know, was the Kamen Rider uh, Power Ranger version, right? So, Kamen Rider was another tokusatsu show um, along with the Super Sentai series. But theirs was usually, like, a darker theme. It was usually around one character, not a whole team of characters. And that character would transform, would do martial arts, but they would also ride motorcycles as like their mainstay the power rangers got motorcycles too but it was often like just to get back you know a to b you know it was just so they could get there on time the common rider would always ride the motorcycle and they were like well hey we have all this like success with super sentai let's bring it over let's backdoor pilot you know uh a thing off common rider let's do masked rider and but the idea was just bonkers so they tied it to the power rangers canon where uh if you remember iii if you remember alpha 5 the sidekick to zordon of eltar the robot that was always at the command center for power rangers he was built on the planet miranoi um was it miranoi am, am i getting that right or edenoi i'm sorry edenoi yeah, yeah. miranoi is a different planet yeah well who was miranoi sorry it was it was from the Turbo movie. Okay, so Miranoi was another planet. Okay, I'm not crazy. So Edenoi was was where Alpha was built. There's another king who was a, a friend of Zordon's, and um, they're, they're they have different powers for a million different things. They use Edenoi kind of as like a scapegoat for a lot of different storylines throughout Power Ranger history. But one of the things is there's a prince, and he needs to get away from his evil uncle who's doing a coup, very Game of Thrones like. So they send him to Earth, and they send him with his Furby like companion which was a full jim henson type muppet that was uh actually pretty well done um and he gets uh fostered by a family who don't ask any questions about this alien that crash landed in their yard with another alien that looks like a platypus Look, and they know they've seen Alf. They, they know they know, they've seen Alf. <laughs> that's a really good point <laughs> they've seen Alf. they know mork and mindy they know what's up um and he has telekinetic powers, if I remember correctly, but also he has a, a morpher, which I don't know what they called them in Master Rider. In Common Rider, they were like their henchin belts. Um, but when he transformed, he becomes the Masked Rider, and he would fight bad guys. Um, 
that was Master Rider. It did not do well. No one gave a shit about Master Rider except for me. Um, Beetleborgs was another spinoff of Power Rangers that some people did give a shit. That was targeted towards even younger kids. So they had the, like the six to 12 year old range for Power Rangers, but they needed to get, you needed to, from two on up, you needed to be a fan. Okay. And as the, a lot of those ki kids were aging up out of Power Rangers, they needed to recapture. So their idea was Beetleborgs, which was, Hey, let's just take all the bombastic stuff that the kids latch onto and get rid of everything else. So there wasn't any teenage angst or drama. Really? It was more of a comedy and they threw everything at the wall. Like you like the giant robots. We got big vehicles. Do you like, the Power Rangers, we got the Beetleborg transformation. You like spooky universal monsters? We have them doing slapstick stuff. Like, you know, kids, yeah. they love Abbott and Costello. <laughs> I mean, it just hits them right, right where it hurts, you know? They have the Haunted Mansion. We'll do a whole episode on Beetleborgs, but they threw all of this in there and then added comic book slapstick kablam, like the old Batman show. And it was actually a pretty good hit. The problem is the kids were aging faster. Because they actually hired like, like, you know, like 12 year olds instead of teenagers. So they couldn't really look the same. So they were aging too fast. As well as the footage, they did uh, adaptation of B-Fighters, which was kind of like a little spinoff of its own of Metal Fighters, which was more about cops in a Super Sentai tokusatsu type way. And there was only two seasons of it. There's Beetleborgs, or it wasn't Beetleborgs, it was B-Fighters. And I forget, the, it was like B-Fighters M or something like that. It was like a second series. That was it. So they didn't have as much footage. Uh, so that died out basically because of the premise instead of keeping going. Because the other footage didn't look like Beatles at all. So you couldn't really be Beetleborgs if nothing else looks like Beatles. Eventually, it's weirdly enough, Common Rider started to adapt a more Beatlesque theme, which it was always insects, but they started to do like Common um, Rider Kabuto, which looks like a Beetleborg costume, basically. Uh, I could go on for days. Dope design, so like, might as well go back to it if you're not going to use it. You know, and, and that's kind of—I feel like that's kind of the thought about it. There's been lots of other Metal Fighter series since then, uh, but none have been adapted. They did attempt to do a Common Rider adaptation um, in America recently. I, I think it was called Common Rider Dragon Knight. And it did okay. It was on Disney XD, uh, but it did not do Power Rangers Gangbusters. But uh, Power Rangers has had like a crazy history through like even just that. So obviously we mentioned the power transfer, but eventually the like, game was serialized almost all the way up through its entire run up until season like eight. So yeah. up until like Power Rangers in space, um, it was all one continuous story. They would replace an actor here and there, and eventually the entire team were newer actors that weren't there originally, but they would carry it over. It was still serialized. It was still Zordon's team where he was somewhat involved, and they would have tenuous like like either relationships or at least knew of the older Power Rangers. And that ended there. It's called the Zordon era. And then they would launch Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, and then it was basically an anthology series. They were some loose bases and there were some crossovers, but for the most part, new team, new powers every single year. Yeah, and space was still vaguely connected to the Zordon era, but like by tenuous connections at best. Exactly. Yeah. Lost Galaxy, like they would reference some of the characters. And in fact, the main bad guy came back as the new Pink Ranger when the Pink Ranger uh, needed to get cancer uh, treatment. 
and couldn't be on the show as much. They brought back the bad guy from Lost in Space and made her, or I keep saying Lost in Space, in space as the as the new Pink Ranger, which I thought was awesome as a kid who had seen everything, you know? Yeah, I was about to correct you because in the show, the character blows up and I'm like, that's not cancer, Terry. <laughs> no. Realized, no, the actress the had cancer. Actress had cancer. She does get blown up in the warped, show. How absolutely warped our minds are by pop culture. <laughs> it is bad. Um, but the show, like, it's so crazy that it was serialized. Like, they would justify, like, well, how did we get new suits? Well, there's a new alien with a new power. Okay, that's one thing. And then sometimes they'd be like, we're going to go to space, and we got to land on the moon, and we got we to gotta hunt down the people who stole our giant alien friend who's in a tube. Like, it gets so crazy, and it was all serialized, and I'm sure that's partly why they couldn't keep carrying it on, is because, like, it just wasn't worth it. The kids didn't care. We still kept watching when it wasn't serialized anymore, so I put the thought and effort in. So they would do I these contained seasons i did i i really wish it would have carried over however as an adult now looking back some of the best stories came from a non-serialized uh season like power rangers time force where they were time cops that was a really good series that really couldn't happen if you were still serializing the show that one like hit some x-men level like social commentary for like, sure because like, the whole idea was mutants and um should we just hate them just because they're different like are they are they monsters or are they just other things that don't look like humans? And I I really really loved all of that stuff. And Power Rangers did teach a lot of those lessons. A lot of the kids on the teams up until they were like cops, which was uh that is a whole other can of worms. Um, they were all like not bullies. They would all give back to the community. There was always food drives. They were always donating their time you know, picking up trash, like looking after little kids and training them in martial arts. It was always so cool to see that represented. And it, it is definitely hokey. It's definitely ham fisted, but it fits in such a way that I see some shows just don't do, you know, they don't, they don't try to like, like put those types of values on any kids, which like you don't need to at all, but it managed to, to marry it. Where it's like, no, it's still dope. They're still fighting bad guys, but also they're good kids. And I always thought that was interesting. It's the whole thing of, like, they're superheroes, but they're also just, like, good people. They're also just heroes, Dave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I always liked that as a kid, and it's one of the reasons why, like, I, I don't mind my kid watching that. Like, sure, I gotta tell him, like, hey, you can't practice your karate moves on other people. Like, that's not okay. But also, like, yeah, like, the kids were okay donating their old toys because they saw it on an episode of Power Rangers. And, like, that's really neat. You know, mm -hmm. um, so let's jump into its legacy after that. So Disney bought it for a little while as Disney owns everything. Funny enough, they don't own it anymore. Now Hasbro owns it. Um, and if you don't know who Hasbro is, they own Dungeons and Dragons. They own Wizards of the Coast. So Magic of the Gathering. They also own a little known property like Transformers. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. <laughs> right. Of course not. Uh, at least not other than Michael Bay. Um is that the is that the the cartoon with with the the Coptimus Primo? Is yes, that, yes. Is uh, they are uh, GoBots in disguise. Oh. Um, <laughs> but like now they ended up over there. Disney owned them for a long time. Production moved to New Zealand. A um, lot more heavy effects. Uh, a lot more Japanese footage being used, um, which was interesting, but dubbed in really strange ways. I, I love some of those seasons and I hate some of those seasons. Um, but the popularity definitely waned, but it never disappeared entirely. And I think I'd be remiss to say anything about like Jason David Frank, who has been with the series almost nonstop since 1994. 
like like almost never left and there was a few gaps but he always came back for different crossovers became another power ranger again in his 30s as like the mentor character which i thought was neat and uh has done it again several times and now you brought back austin st john more recently with the beast morphers in a similar role um so the legacy is really there and you're talking 28 seasons you have almost 30 years worth of characters that are still popular with children even though they don't know all the other seasons which i thought was really cool when you think of like this the nostalgia market of like you know things being cyclical and reboots power rangers never rebooted because it became a show that was always rebooted if you understand what i'm saying like because it became an anthology series you don't have to go well we got to make new power rangers and reboot it no you don't have to do that shit it's always been that well terry you say it wasn't rebooted but a few years ago there was (sighs) a movie that came out so power rangers 2017 i have so many mixed feelings on so if you don't know there were two other power rangers movies before 2017 uh mighty Morphin power rangers the movie which was awesome a non-canon thing which was weird um but cool in its own right you had the bad guy from indiana jones playing ivan ooze which what the fuck um and ivan ooze is amazing it's so good is the most hammy like like emperor palpatine level shit because blowing up zordon's like like home base the the uh what is what is the the command center command center when he's blowing up the command center he's talking about everything he's missed when he's been imprisoned and one of the last things he said is the brady bunch reunion <laughs> yeah because he starts he's talking about all the things that that the humans have done and like why should yeah. we save them and he yeah, just he, starts yelling he's, shit yeah he's going over all the terrible events in human history that he missed and he's he, didn't get to see. Like he, he goes from saying the black plague to <laughs> the brady, brady bunch, bunch reunion. reunion i love his introduction he's like you're too kind allow me to introduce myself i'm the galactically feared globally reviled universally despised ivan ooze like chills run down my spine still yeah. hearing that in my head i can still hear it in the same timbre like it's so good and that movie's so bad <laughs> much fun it is so much fun like i still like we quote like almost on like like a weekly basis like i'm a frog that's great like you know like because they they get new ninja powers for some reason like like you know a few minutes into the movie and then they gotta earn their new power ranger powers back and they're all armored to like it look way cooler on screen to sell toys like it was it was really cool that it got a movie and that the budget was behind it like looking back obviously it wasn't as big but it was still a big deal as a kid to see that and it still holds up in <laughs> like in reference to other power rangers and other kids movies uh, which i think is really I mean, cool yeah, i'm just saying it started with a skydiving sequence so you know it's gotta be good it's gotta be good right to uh, the best red hot chili pepper song by the way the only one i actually really like but <laughs> i love that um and then you get the sequel not to the movie to the show so they were like, you know what? This time, let's make it canon. Let's let's reboot it because uh, interests were, were waning and people weren't as excited about the next property. So they adapted Power Rangers Turbo from, I forget the name of it. Is it Gokiger? 
Maybe. Maybe. It doesn't matter. It was kind of a send-up. That version of Super Sentai was like a parody of a lot of the other seasons, and it was more of a joke one. It was all about cars. And they did not do that in America. They were like, we're going to make it about cars. We're going to use the same footage, but this one's going to be uber serious. Okay? Um, And they made the movie canon, and that's how they got their powers. Shift into Turbo... I still love it. I love the theme song. I love the the keys into the wrists and the morphine and the cars. It's also not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. I think it's better than the uh, Power Rangers the movie the first one. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. But it, it's got a little like level of self awareness. Like when they all get their powers and they're all about to morph. Like the new the new kid, he doesn't understand the choreography, so he like is looking the wrong way. And I loved like, it. What the hell. And it was so funny, like, people were so mad that they had a kid join the team instead of Rocky, which apparently fuck Rocky, right? Like, that poor guy. (laughs) He's like 30. You can't can't fix it. He can't fix it. It's fine. He's dead now. Um, (laughs) um, But, like, it was kind of a setup because that happened several different times in Super Sentai already. So, like, you had the King Ranger, who was the Gold Ranger in America, and a couple other characters. Uh, the White Ranger also was a kid um, in Super Sentai. So, like, you had it was kind of a trope through Super Sentai for the Sixth Ranger to be, you know, a kid. And for them to do that here was, again, kind of a send-up, kind of an homage that we did not understand. But while, like, older kids didn't really like it, younger kids loved it because you saw yourself as a character on the show similar to Beetleborgs. So it was a really good cheat to kind of get people back into it it did not work uh power rangers turbo almost killed the franchise including the movie including the show the kid no one liked him no one liked the cars the silliness of the show just did not work and did not translate well to the serious storylines even though yeah. it had some really awesome stuff like they brought back adam um I was gonna bring up, that is like one of my least favorite uh series mostly because every episode is incredibly repetitious even more than the normal power rangers fair yeah even like, like the normal formula was almost yeah. like adhered to religiously every single episode for whatever reason there's a bomb planted somewhere yes never, like, explain it it just happens and they're just like oh where's diva Tox's bomb we gotta find it I was like, oh, okay oh, and right. like sure. in I'm I'm fine. Like you don't have to like when you pick out things are like that's sexualized. Like oh, kids shouldn't be exposed to that. Well, the kids don't sexualize things, so it's not their issue, right? <laughs> Diva Talks was very was uh, very busty. So going back and watching that show, I was watching it with <laughs> with my uh, with my daughter actually at the time. It was before my son was born, and my wife had never seen it. She was like that. I'm distracted right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, that was a thing. That was a thing. I remember uh, not understanding why my sisters couldn't wear bustiers. I remember my mom yelling at them. They couldn't wear it. <laughs> and I was like, well, Divatox does that. And I remember my mom. I, I just, it's one of those weird memories. I remember my mom screaming at me, who the hell is Divatox? <laughs> because I was like defending my sisters. Oh my God. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, um, very interesting season. Almost killed it. Brought back by In Space. But yeah, those two movies were uh, were definitely made. Those are definitely a thing. And when they rebooted it in 2017, they chose to go back to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Let's update it. Let's make it gritty. Let's get Brian Cranston. Um, I believe Max Landis was uh, originally going to do the script. If you don't know, Max Landis wrote like uh, um, uh, Chronicle which is like a kind of like a gritty POV found footage superhero movie picture of that oh. for power Rangers. Um, it didn't go well. Uh, so they got different writers in on there and basically it was two different movies. The first half of the movie is breakfast club. 
The second half of the movie was, hey, let's kind of make this almost Power Rangers. Yeah. And it just did not gel well with audiences. I really like it, mostly for the first half. I'm not going to lie. I think as a Power Ranger film, I don't know if it necessarily works because they took a lot of the fun out of Power Rangers. Um, like they don't put the the score in there of like the morphin time stuff until towards the end. They don't. They do like a really weird montage of like a wrestling move as like they're training for fighting. But the first half is actually a really good teenage angst movie about yeah, misfits yeah. and finding a family. It did a lot of really good things. It also did a lot of not great things. Exactly, and like the way that they change the characters, I'm like, this is great. I think in the second half, they're like, but what if we just like not make this a Power Rangers movie? And I think if they would have married that a little bit earlier on in the film, I think it would have gone well. It, almost like it was like embarrassed to be a Power Rangers movie in that second half. Yeah, because rather than having Goldar actually be Goldar, he was just this giant gold monster. And we're just like, okay. and a lot of people pick on Elizabeth Banks, but I love her for two reasons in that role. So she played Rita Repulsa and that. And I love two reasons. They really made it really cool in lore where she was a Green Ranger from the original team was and brian cranston's zordon was the original red ranger of the space you know version that when they were aliens and brian cranston dies in an explosion because rita uh betrayed them right and rita's green ranger powers get corrupted into making her this like space witch i thought that was really cool canon for the new universe and then elizabeth banks hammed it up so well that i was like this is amazing i love this and the all the egregious like uh um, product placement because like she keeps looking for the Zeo crystal which is hidden beneath a Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh my god, that was awesome! <laughs> I loved it so much. I was like, this is this is Power Rangers, you know. <laughs> but then like their Zords don't really combine. It doesn't really look like a giant robot. Like I just yeah, I, I'm... they really were like, well, I guess it's also Power Rangers at the end. Yeah. But the show kept going. That movie's not canon. They they planned six sequels. It did not happen because of that. Uh, Saban sold the the series again um, to Hasbro this time. Originally, it was just the toy licensing instead of Bandai, which they had been partnered and licensed with forever. He sold it to Hasbro, and now Hasbro has the toy license as well as the American distribution and creation licenses. So they haven't really done much to change it. It's The series is still an anthology on TV. They've talked about and announced several different movies. Nothing has come of it yet. I haven't seen anything about it. Um, the last I had read was it was going to be a time travel movie reboot that kind of combined the 90s silliness of it all with more of the action-packed stuff but obviously that's almost speculation at this point because it was so long ago that they had announced a synopsis for it yeah there's um, got to be at least like three or four different re rewrites at this point. right exactly if not more if not a complete reboot of the project right um and then when you get into the pandemic of it all i don't see us seeing that within like the next two three years we'll we'll probably get one in you know 2030 we'll get a new power rangers movie <laughs> Um, which sounds like it's crazy far off. It's not that far off, you know? Um, when it comes to the show, they've done a lot more uh, trying to tie into the older properties, bringing back bad guys from their seasons. Like I mentioned, they brought back Austin St. John, the original Red Ranger, as more of a mentor character again. Um, Toy-wise, 
Hasbro has been killing it and not killing it. Their lightning collection is some of the coolest nostalgia toys you can buy if you're a fan of Power Rangers or even just 90s toys. It's really similar to the Marvel's Legends series if you're a fan of that toy line. Um, it's a little bit better than that, honestly, with the props, the additional um, points of articulation, as well as like interchangeable hands and different things, as well as all the bad guys they come out with. It's a really cool toy line. But if you're just talking the normal toy line, it is bunk i i still buy my i buy my kids the toys and bandai killed it like i loved all the bandai toys these ones have half as many points of articulation but they're a little bit cheaper which is kind of cool like they're about the same price as they were when we were kids so like i can buy my son the entire lineup for 30 bucks of power rangers like that's that's kind of neat so i'm okay yeah. with a little bit of the reduce of course hasbro toys if you're a toy collector at all they are really known for like you know chintzing out on their uh um plastic so it's pretty cheap so like, like if you follow beyblades the beyblades were always cheaper when hasbro did them compared to like tomi because they just use cheaper plastic so they break easier they don't have the same weight to it it's the same thing with the power ranger molds um the real egregious point though were the zords so i buy my son the zord toys and they are awful <laughs> They are so cheap. Like, they're not even to the level of their Transformers. Their Transformers are actually pretty good. They are yeah. not made the same. Every time I come over, I'm like, I, I see this, like, Zord toy on your desk. I want to play with it because that's just where my child brain is at. And you're just like, don't touch that. It's broken. I'm like, oh. I, yeah, I got to glue it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm soldering this part back together or whatever. There's a million of them. And it, it does kind of suck because, I mean, not that Bandai ever made, like, the best toys forever. But they had a little bit higher quality, at least. Um... But that also leads us to the best part of being a Power Ranger fan in their 30s is the comics. And uh, yeah. they are just killing it. So it was honestly, it was a few years ago. Was it 2016? I think it was 2016. It was right around so, the, yeah. the Power Ranger movie coming out that they did a Power Ranger line of comics from Boom. Um, Boom Studio, one of the best comic book companies out there right now. And they kind of rebooted it it was its own canon that was basically building off of the original they updated it we mentioned like that they're more of a global unit they updated the storylines to be a little bit more adult again no sex no like egregious violence there's not blood everywhere or anything like that it's just that there's more thoughtful storylines and that's now grown into a full-on, like, dynasty. They have the original series, which was Saban's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And then they did, and that was, they kind of went through what's happening a little bit later, like, right after Tommy joined the team, after coming over from Rita Repulsa. And then they did an additional series called Go-Go Power Rangers, which was what happened, like, day two of them being Power Rangers. And then they did a crossover where they combined the Green Ranger powers and the White Ranger powers, which is something as a Power Rangers fan I'd wanted to see since I was born. And um, they combined them, made him a bad guy, Lord Draken, who did a big crossover event. And they had to combine all of the series from across the Power Rangers multiverse to defeat him. And then they went beyond the grid and did like a, a best of team of all of our favorite Power Rangers. And then they started inventing new Power Rangers for the comic book. We're like out in space. There was lots of other teams. And then they did several graphic novels following up some of our favorite characters of what happened when they were done being Power Rangers. Like uh, for it's not, it wasn't called Forever Green, but the, the Last Dragon with Tommy, um, the Pink Ranger from Time Force got her own follow up comic. Um, the Pink Ranger from Lost Galaxy 
see also uh, Astronema from Lost uh, Lost in Space from In Space got her own final send off comic with the Psycho Rangers. They they just did so much of these graphic novels and comic book series. And honestly, it's the best content you can read as a nostalgia fan. Best content you can imbibe as a Power Rangers fan. And if you just like comic books, it's a really good read, and the art is awesome. I could go on for days. I mean, like, you mentioned that big crossover where they had to all fight Lord Lord Draken, and, like, that, if you're not a big Power Rangers, like, fan, like, that was essentially our Infinity War moment. It was definitely, it, it, it hit Infinity War levels for me. Yeah. And if you don't, like, Infinity War, the comics, not maybe not the movies, I guess, but it was still similar on scale, right? Yeah. But, like, it, like, they even, like, basically, like, created their own Zords for it, like, 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 they've been given license to do some really cool shit. Yeah, and, like, just, like, simple things that you couldn't do in, the in like, like a live-action series, right? So, like, they'll do time travel with this big multiverse thing. You can't really bring back those actors and have them be the same character but a younger version because they're not younger people anymore, right? You know, some of these, you know, actors are getting close to their 50s. You just can't... You can't do that and and say they're they're 16, right? That's just the reality of it. It's the same reason why you can't do time travel forever in these Marvel movies because eventually these actors are going to get older, so you either recast them or you don't do that type of story. But in the comic books, there's no limits. There's no rules. You can bring back all these same characters with their original Zords and have them cross over and do things you couldn't do in the show because they were using Japanese footage, so they were their hands were tied. They couldn't come up with the coolest thing possible because they had to fit the footage they already owned. They don't have that same like you know, their hands are not tied in the same way for the comic books they can come up with new zords and have zords combined over different seasons because the toys don't have to match they don't have to match up the japanese footage they can tell whatever story they want and they use that carte blanche in the best way possible i haven't been disappointed by many of those comics no those comics have been a ton of fun and it's really what kept me through. So I was in a little bit of a, a rut with some of the Marvel comics uh, right around when they did um, their new Secret Wars. I liked Secret Wars. I thought it was really cool. But as a fan who, like, you know, you got to buy them, it got a little pricey because they were doing new series every single week, right, of their own little pocket dimensions. I couldn't keep up with it. So I bought Power Ranger comics instead. You know what I mean? Like, I could I could go through. And, so, and it's been Wednesday viewing for me. Obviously, there's gaps in it. But... But, like, that's mostly what I was checking out for a while was, you know, Power Ranger comics, which is just really cool as as a comic book fan, as a Power Rangers fan. They're like, oh, what are you reading right now? I was like, oh, something's killing the children. Um, I was reading Descender for a little while. Oh, and Power Rangers. <laughs> it's just so cool. It's so cool. That that's on my list. And I can, like, recommend it to people. I'm like, no, it's really good. And I don't have to go, like, well, if you like Power Rangers, we're like, no, it's just a really good comic book. It obviously helps if you're into Power Rangers. Oh, uh, for sure, because there's, like, a lot of lore stuff that they don't really worry about explaining, which, like, good, but... But then there's lore stuff that they do explain if you are a fan. Like, why is it called Bandora's Palace? Which is what was always printed on, on Rita's uh, moon like base it was called bandora's palace because in super sentai her character's name was bandora very simply explained but they use the same footage that just said bandora's palace and in the comic books they attack rita on the moon and they're like who the hell is bandora and they explain who the hell is bandora and why it's that they make this canon for it it's so cool and i i just love that stuff and i love the nostalgia of it and i love that there's never not been Power Ranger fans. Like, 
uh, sometimes my son will be into a Power Ranger season that isn't, you know, on TV right now. Like, he loves Dino Thunder because he loves dinosaurs. And I had to go on to eBay to find Power Rangers Dino Thunder toys, right? Not a big deal. I, I did it. I love him. It was cool. But for Halloween, he wanted to be a Power Ranger. And it wasn't, I didn't have to go on to eBay to find a Power Ranger costume. You know, Dino Fury is active. It's popular. People are watching it. People are digging it. It took me two minutes to find a Dino Fury costume for him and to buy the Morpher and a cool helmet for him. So he was obviously the coolest Dino Fury Ranger he could be. Um, like Wickler and all the other kids' costumes. And, you know what I mean? Like, it took me, like, a few minutes because it's still popular. And, obviously, we've seen lots of cyclical things like that. Like, people still watch Transformers with their kids. Pokemon never stopped. But... For something like Power Rangers, which was like my fandom, like that and Digimon were like my two shows that I liked. Obviously, Spider-Man, but a lot of people like Spider-Man. But that was like yeah. my niche, right? And it's still so popular that I can still buy my son new toys and we can watch new episodes together. That's just so neat to me as a dad and as like a nerd. I, I, I can't I can't like uh, put it into words fully how cool that is. So when it comes to like, like you're an adult, you're, you're almost in your thirties. You don't have kids. What's it like seeing Power Rangers like come back full wave? I mean, I have always been a huge fan of like legacy shit. So like just, just that thought of like, and, and like, not even just like the thought, but seeing you with your, your kids and Power Rangers, like that just, it warms my heart and like, can honestly bring a tear to my eye. Cause like, <laughs> that shit's just adorable. It's, it's I, so I, cool. I, I love the idea of just like passing down all this stuff that, that we loved as kids to this younger generation. It's like all these like gatekeeping assholes on the internet just like, oh, it's not my Power Rangers. It's like, <laughs> not your Power Rangers anymore, bud. Like, <laughs> exactly. There's more toys to play with now. I so um, on the regular, I see this like vitriol come from like you know the the neck beards about the comic book. Like, oh, how come this doesn't happen or that? They're not my power. Like all this shit. And I was like, listen, like you're lucky you get anything that's even targeted for you. Power Rangers is a kids show, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like I always think back. Like Freddie Prince Jr. has that tirade about Star Wars. I was like, you're just mad because she's a girl and she's got a lightsaber. Like that, you're just mad about that because it's not made for you. It's made for kids, bro. And that is Power Rangers. That'd be like me getting mad at Beast Morphers. I'm like, oh, how come they didn't do this and that? Like, well, because it's not fucking for me, you know? It's for my son, who is four. And he thinks it's dope as shit, you know? Like, who am I to say, oh, not my Power Rangers? Also, go back and watch our Power Rangers. It is not Shakespearean acting, okay? It is not Oscar-winning performances and writing. It is a kid's show that we just happen to not grow out of. Shakespearean writing is mostly just sex jokes. <laughs> no. Yeah, you do the joke and then you introduce the ghost so you can scare people. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not the best thing ever, nor was it. It's the best thing for its target audience, which is something that I'll always appreciate about it. Because you can shit on Power Rangers for a lot of different things. There is nothing that will grip a four-year-old more, you know? And honestly, my kids hate live action stuff. And they're starting to grow out of that now at this age. But for a long time, I couldn't get them to watch anything that was not a cartoon. But they would watch Power Rangers. And it's because it is a cartoon come to life in such a cool way. And that's, it's just something special. And it, you can't deny it's special or it's legacy. It's been around for almost 30 years nonstop. It didn't take a break. They didn't reboot it and it came back. It never fucking left. 
No, it's always been here, always will be. And that's the thing, like, it's, like, ubiquitous. It's, like, what's going to happen? Like, like what's still going to be created? Like, uh, there's that scene. Have you ever seen Reign of Fire? Is that the dragon movie? It is the Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale dragon movie. It is. No one has ever I, seen this movie. <laughs> I've, I've only seen parts of it. Never saw the whole thing. So quick pitch. Dragons cause the apocalypse. They're digging in France and they uncover dragons deep in the earth's crust. They come up. They kill everybody. It's an apocalypse movie. Christian Bale and his buddy like kind of run this small colony underground and they they're teaching children and they don't have dvd players obviously right so what do they do they reenact old movies and what they're showing them is star wars right they're reenacting the scene where darth vader cuts off luke's hand and all this shit and that's how it would be in apocalypse and like but you know what it wouldn't be like that somebody would still be making power rangers dvds (laughs) there'd be a new season (laughs) Uh, it's it's like uh, what's gonna survive the apocalypse? Cockroaches, Twinkies, and Power Rangers. We got this footage of a dragon, and we got this green sheet we can hang up. We're gonna make this happen. It's just it's so cool to me that I can still do that, and I can still watch it. And like the by the way, I can also mention uh, the Power Rangers Battle for the Grid uh, uh, fighting game is my dream video game. I play it every day. It's a fighting game with Power Rangers, and it's good. Now, there was a fighting game in the past uh, for Power Rangers that was with the Megazords, which was pretty neat for Super Nintendo. But for the most part, Power Rangers games have kind of been, well, not good to just targeted at children. And this fighting game is awesome, and I play it with my son every day, and it's really good. (laughs) I have the season pass, all the DLC characters. I love it so much. And it's actually a really competent fighting game. Yeah, it's it's like... Pretty, pretty close to, like, a Marvel vs. Capcom. Exactly, exactly. And honestly, I think it's better than the last Marvel vs. Capcom game that came out. Oh, it's not hard. Yeah, right. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity or whatever it's called was, or Infinite, yeah. was not a good game. Uh, <laughs> sorry to shit on Marvel vs. Capcom. I did Capcom like the Infinite. concept behind it, but not a good game. Yeah, they brought back the what they did for Marvel vs. Street Fighter with the Infinity Stones, which was cool. Or it might have just been Marvel Superheroes, that game. But it's still, like, yeah. uh, it didn't have a lot of money behind it. That is a story for a different time. But yeah, that's our rant on Power Rangers. We're going to call it there. Um, normally, we play the Kevin Bacon game, Dave, but I'm not going to make you do that because you don't watch nearly as much television as me and Chelsea, but I will let you give me a person for the Kevin Bacon game. Um, okay. Uh, let's go with Charlie Day. Why Charlie Day? I figured you'd pick somebody related to Power Rangers. Oh, Power Rangers? I don't fucking know. <laughs> pick your favorite Power Ranger and I'll connect them to Kevin Bacon. Alright, uh, let's go with uh, the guy who played Andros in In Space. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh what's his name i don't know his name I, do you want to look up his name you google his name so i don't have to google it i don't want to be spoiled on my connection with him all right let me pull up my phone and take a minute to look at this with my archaic phone from the 90s you are running this game this week am i allowed to use animated features um yeah i am yeah Okay. I might not need to, but just in case. So, are you ready, sir? I am trying to find the actor's name. All right, you find it. 
Um, he did um, uh, a fan project recently for Power Rangers. I saw. Um, I don't watch a lot of. There's too many actually now. I used to watch them like almost all of them because they were so cool and all my. I could get my nostalgia out of it. But nowadays, like it's too hard to keep track because they have their own little multiverse on YouTube uh, of serialized Power Rangers content, which is kind of neat. Um, do you watch any of those? Um, I did watch a little bit of Power Rangers. Um... Let me guess. Was it Unworthy? Yes, Unworthy. I was about to say Disgrace, and I'm like, that's not it. That's not it. Uh, everybody watches Unworthy because that one is like the combination that is like the multiverse version of it. But Andros, the the actor, what was his name again? Uh, Christopher Kamen Lee. Christopher Kamen Lee. He has his own production company. And uh, he actually d- has his own little Power Rangers series. And since you're a big fan of Andros from Power Rangers in Space, I recommend you check it out because it's kind of about his character and his legacy after being a Power Ranger. And it's kind of this like dark story. I don't. It's not amazing, obviously. It's still a fan film kind of thing, but it's really fun if you like that character and that actor and how much he's devoted himself to that actor, like the, that role. Still, it's kind of cool. It's it's almost like Tommy levels with J- Jason David Frank. Um, um, all of that vamping. Um, <laughs> so, okay. It's a long one, but I got it. Okay. So bring it home. Give me the name of the red Ranger one more time. Okay. It is, uh, for me to mispronounce his middle name again, it is Christopher <laughs> Kamen Lee. Christopher Kamen Lee was in forever red with Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank, who is the Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Ranger from Power Rangers, um, was in the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, basically in the background. Elizabeth Banks was in the 2017 uh, movie with Jason David Frank. And she was in 40-Year-Old Virgin with Steve Carell, who was in Crazy Stupid Love of Kevin Bacon. There you go. I I think that's four, right? So I went from Christopher Kamen Lee to Jason David Frank to Elizabeth Banks to Steve Cross. So three. So that's three points for me. Oh, man. My brain hurts. Yep. I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. I I, I got lost. Why did I go to Johnny Young Bosch? I'm like, oh, he's done everything. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. He's done too many goddamn things. You know, I bet you he was some voice actor in some movie with Kevin Bacon. I guarantee it. Yeah. So what I like to do is I like to um, go to the Oracle of Bacon to fact check and see like how bad I messed up. Do you know the Oracle of Bacon, Dave? This is a website. This is a website that, that is just for the Kevin Bacon game. So it says Kevin Bacon two, and it'll connect any two actors through their IMDb page. I am so proud of the technical advancement <laughs> at this point in time. Um, Lord twenty twenty one, and we have the Oracle of Bacon. Um, Cayman Lee is with a K, right? K-H? Yes. So let's see. K-H-A-Y-M-A. Oh, I did the best number, at least. They have a bacon number of three. So Christopher Cayman Lee was in Kickboxing Academy with Stephen Bauer, who was in Behind Enemy Lines, the uh, Columbia, with Tim Matheson. I can't believe Tim Matheson was in that straight-to-DVD movie, uh, who was in Animal House with Kevin Bacon. All right. Actually, that makes sense for Tim Matheson. Like, that that makes sense of where he is in his career now. 
Like I'm expecting that or like God was dead or God isn't dead or whatever those you know, straight um, uh, oh. left behind, you know, <laughs> like one of those fucking Christian straight to DVD movies. <laughs> oh, God. Nicholas Cage in one of those. I think he was in one of the left behind movies. Nicholas Cage, not a fervent Christian, but a fervent. I will do that job uh, actor <laughs> up there with Samuel L. Jackson and Julia Roberts, younger brother or older brother. I mean, got to respect the hustle. You got to respect the hustle, man. Like, listen, like if you're going to do jobs, also, if you're going to own dinosaur bones and have to pay for those dinosaur bones to go back to where they're supposed to be, which if you don't know. Dinosaur bones are not meant to be in your living room. Um, when the IRS came to take back his dinosaur bones, he just looked at him and said, So, so you. So you <laughs> <dinosaur bone?" laughs> uh, do you think Jeff Goldblum, when he sees him, he's like, So you own dinosaur bones? Or <laughs> I want to know how much money he owed. And it, like, did he what he was like, I could act in every movie anybody ever asked me to because I'm an actor and I love the craft which is partly why he says yes to shit too because he just likes working so that makes sense right mm -hmm. but also do you think it was like I could do that or sell my Superman action comics number one and I'm not doing that <laughs> but if you don't know Nicolas Cage has an awesome Superman collection including action comics number one named one of his kids Kal-El I so desperately want to see him in a Superman movie. Nicolas Cage? Yes. I mean, have you watched the documentary about that no, movie? I haven't. It is solid. It is fun. It is uh, sad, <laughs> to say the least, because we'll never see that movie. Yep. Um, also, Nicolas Cage, I love him for a lot of different reasons. The man's certifiable <laughs> like, and potentially problematic, so I don't know if we need that. I don't know if we need him in a Superman movie. I don't know if we need a Superman movie. I, you know, I'm still disappointed for Man of Steel. Um, what do you mean? DC's been knocking it out of the park. I just, I don't think people like Superman the same way that I like Superman these days. You get someone who like Greg Miller from Kind of Funny. I just don't think it's there. Uh, other than that, you know, what I mean, like I don't think that people would give a shit if we got a Superman movie that was the, you know. Not even just like traditional or like the comics. Like I, it didn't, a comic book movie does not have to be exactly like the comics. Superman has a lot of good stories that you could that you can mine. But even like you, so we're talking. Like, let's look at like the two people on this show. Only fifty percent give a shit about Superman. You're correct. So like I just don't see, like. Do we need one then? You know, like. See, here's the thing. I've never given a shit about Superman in a in a singular story about Superman. Sure. However, I adore him when he's in a uh, ensemble piece. Yes, I I love the fact that he exists within that world. I do. He's a great comparison character, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The fact that he is there adds so much to the DC like universes with like Young Justice, not yet Young Justice. Young Justice like, is Justice a good League one. Unlimited. Yeah. All those are so good because he's there, and also like. I read Identity Crisis. Oh, that shit's awesome. Identity Crisis is so it's fucking good. Very polarizing with the fandom in quotation marks, but 
fuck it it's a good goddamn i i really enjoy identity crisis it's not without its problems i don't think it's a perfect book by any mean but i I do love it um but i but that's a really good reference because identity crisis really plays on the well superman is ubiquitous and batman is all-knowing right so if superman's everywhere and batman knows everything how come they can't solve this and it was the idea of like listen they're probably gonna take care of it they're probably gonna figure out this mystery but we aren't going to stand by and wait for it. And it's the other superheroes having to step up. And I, I love that idea. And that's like, it's to your point, right? Like Superman is such a great additional character. I love solo stories. I love the heart of it. I'm also a way more emotional person than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm choking up just thinking about Superman doing shit. And, and the, the fact that Superman exists in that world and like, that's like what he is. He's like, like, like I do see Superman like from a not not like directly adjacent, but from a similar angle as Lex Luthor. Like he is a god. How can we trust that? But like it's a comic book. Lex like like Superman is Superman. He is the hero. He's going to be good. Right. But like your idea, it's it's similar, right? It's like how can I enjoy that comic when I know Superman could just yeah, and, fix and this, and like right? That, the the fact that Superman exists and is there, like that is why I love captain marvel or shazam <laughs> and shazam because, is such a good character because of superman right yeah because he's he's got basically all the same power set as superman but he's got the innocence of a child and it only works when you can do that comparison right yeah where it's like oh billy batson was was you know inspired basically and uh, i love that and they they do that pretty well in the shazam movie actually um which is really weird I, I recommend it. I think it's a it's one of the better DCEU movies for sure. Um, but we could talk 45 hours on an, on the debate around Superman. This has been our episode on Power Rangers. Um, if you like this, subscribe, drop a review. I'd really appreciate it. It helps us show up in all the different algorithms on whatever podcast app you want. Also, send us an email, creations at gmail.com. Let us know if you want us on other platforms. We're on most places you can get podcasts, but if there's some that we aren't on, I'll make sure we're on there for everything on the network. If you want to support us head on over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations drop a buck or two everything helps keeps chicken sandwiches in our pockets which is a difficult thing to do as well as the lights on we also have tons of exclusive content over there we have comics we have other podcasts we have lots of good stuff see if you want to check out can't be killed creations.com lots of other shit over there um if you want to buy our comic book uh you you heard the ad we got lots of other stuff going on thank you so much for listening uh dave thank you so much for dropping by not a problem and as always a knocks on the moon and that's it dave we're out of here hell yeah